Chapter Six of A Daughter of the Snows by Jack London. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Six. So I think, Captain, you will agree that we must exaggerate the seriousness of the situation. Jacob Wells helped his visitor into his fur greatcoat and went on. Not that it is not serious, but that it may not become more serious. Both you and I have handled famines before. We must frighten them, and frighten them now, before it is too late. Take five thousand men out of Dawson, and there will be grub to last. Let those five thousand carry their tale of famine to Dia and Skagway, and they will prevent five thousand more coming in over the ice. Quite right. And you may count on the hearty cooperation of the police, Mr. Wells. The speaker, a strong-faced, grizzled man, heavy-set and of military bearing, pulled up his collar and rested his hand on the doorknob. "'I see already, thanks to you, the newcomers are beginning to sell their outfits and buy dogs. Lord, won't there be a stampede out over the ice as soon as the river closes down, and each that sells a thousand pounds of grub and goes lessens the proposition by one empty stomach and fills another that remains. When does the Lara start?' this morning with three hundred grubless men aboard would that they were three thousand amen to that and by the way when does your daughter arrive most any day now jacob wells's eyes warmed and i want you to dinner when she does and bring along a bunch of your young bucks from the barracks i don't know all their names but just the same extend the invitation as though from me personally i haven't cultivated the social side much no time but see to it that the girl enjoys herself fresh from the states in london and she's liable to feel lonesome you understand jacob wells closed the door tilted his chair back and cocked his feet on the guard-rail of the stove for one half-minute a girlish vision wavered in the shimmering air above the stove then merged into a woman of fair saxon type the door opened mr wells mr foster sent me to find out if he is to go on filling signed warehouse orders certainly mr smith but tell him to scale them down by half if a man holds an order for a thousand pounds give him five hundred he lighted a cigar and tilted back again in his chair captain mcgregor wants to see you sir send him in captain mcgregor strode in and remained standing before his employer the rough hand of the new world had been laid upon the scotsman from his boyhood but sterling honesty was written in every line of his bitter seamed face while a prognathous jaw proclaimed to the onlooker that honesty was the best policy for the onlooker at any rate should he wish to do business with the owner of the jaw this warning was backed up by the nose side twisted and broken and by a long scar which ran up the forehead and disappeared into the gray grizzled hair we throw off the lines in an hour sir so i've come for the last word good jacob wells whirled his chair about captain mcgregor ay i had other work cut out for you this winter but i have changed my mind and chosen you to go down with the lara can you guess why captain mcgregor swayed his weight from one leg to the other and a shrewd chuckle of a smile wrinkled the corners of his eyes going to be trouble he grunted and i couldn't have picked a better man mr bolly will give you detailed instructions as you go aboard but let me say this 
if we can't scare enough men out of the country there'll be need for every pound of grub at fort yukon understand ay so no extravagance you are taking three hundred men down with you the chances are that twice as many more will go down as soon as the river freezes you'll have a thousand to feed through the winter put them on rations working rations and see that they work cordwood six dollars per cord and piled on the bank where steamers can make a landing no work no rations understand ay a thousand men can get ugly if they are idle they can get ugly anyway watch out they don't rush the caches if they do do your duty the other nodded grimly his hands gripped unconsciously while the scar on his forehead took on a livid hue there are five steamers in the ice make them safe against the spring break-up but first transfer all their cargoes to one big cache you can defend it better and make the cache impregnable send a messenger down to fort burr asking mr carter for three of his men he doesn't need them nothing much is doing at circle city stop in on the way down and take half of mr birdwell's men you'll need them there'll be gunfighters in plenty to deal with be stiff keep things in check from the start remember the man who shoots first comes off with the whole hide and keep a constant eye on the grub and on the forty-five nineties captain mcgregor rumbled back as he passed out the door john melton mr melton sir can he see you see here wells what's this mean john melton followed wrathfully on the heels of the clerk and he almost walked over him as he flourished a paper before the head of the company read that what's it stand for jacob wells glanced over it and looked up coolly one thousand pounds of grub that's what i say but that fellow you've got in the warehouse says no five hundred's all it's good for he spoke the truth but it stands for one thousand pounds but in the warehouse it is only good for five hundred that your signature thrusting the receipt again into the other's line of vision yes then what are you going to do about it give you five hundred what are you going to do about it refuse to take it very good there is no further discussion yes there is i propose to have no further dealings with you i am rich enough to freight my own stuff over the passes and i will next year our business stops right now and for all time i cannot object to that you have three hundred thousand dollars in dust deposited with me go to mr atcheller and draw it at once the man fumed impotently up and down can't i get that other five hundred great god man i paid for it you don't intend me to starve look here melton jacob wells paused to knock the ash from his cigar at this very moment what are you working for what are you trying to get a thousand pounds of grub for your own stomach the bonanza king nodded his head just so the lines showed more sharply on jacob wells's forehead you are working for your own stomach i am working for the stomachs of twenty thousand but you filled tim mcready's thousand pounds yesterday all right the scale down did not go into effect until today. but why am i the one to get it in the neck hard why didn't you come yesterday and tim mcready today melton's face went blank and jacob wells answered his own question with shrugging shoulders that's the way it stands melton no favoritism if you hold me responsible for tim mcready i shall hold you responsible for not coming yesterday 
better we both throw it upon providence you went through the forty-mile famine you were a white man a bonanza property or a block of bonanza properties does not entitle you to a pound more than the oldest penniless sourdough or the newest baby born trust me as long as i have a pound of grub you shall not starve stiffen up shake hands get a smile on your face and make the best of it still savage of spirit though rapidly toning down the king shook hands and flung out of the room before the door could close on his heels a loose-jointed yankee shambled in thrust a moccasined foot to the side and hooked a chair under him and sat down say he opened up confidentially people's gettin scart over the grub proposition i guess some hello dave that you suppose so but as i was saying there'll be a lively stampede for the outside soon as the river freezes think so uh-huh then i'm glad to hear it it's what the country needs going to join them not in a thousand years dave harney threw his head back with smug complacency freighted my truck up to the mine yesterday want a bit too soon about it either but say something happened to the sugar had it all on the last sled and just where the trail turns off the klondike into bonanza what does that sled do but break through the ice i never seen the beat of it the last sled of all and all the sugar so i just thought i'd drop in today and get a hundred pounds or so white or brown i ain't particular jacob wells shook his head and smiled but harney hitched his chair closer the clerk of yourn said he didn't know and as there wa'n't no call to pester him i said i'd just drop round and see you i don't care what it's worth make it a hundred even that'll do me handy say he went on easily noting the decidedly negative poise of the other's head i've got a tolerable sweet tooth i have recollect the taffy i made over on preacher creek that time i declare how time does fly that was all of six years ago if it's a day more'n that surely seven by the jim cracky but as i was sayin i'd rather do without my plug of star than sugar and about that sugar got my dogs outside better go round to the warehouse and get it eh pretty good idea but he saw the no shaping on jacob wells's lips and hurried on before it could be uttered now i don't want to hog it wouldn't do that for the world so if you're short i can put up with seventy-five he studied the other's face and i might do with fifty i appreciate your position and i ain't low-down critter enough to pester what's the good of spilling words dave we haven't a pound of sugar to spare as i was sayin i ain't no hog and seems it's you wells i'll make to scrimp along on twenty-five not an ounce not the least leetle mite well well don't get head up we'll just forget i asked you for any and i'll drop round some likelier time so long say he threw his jaw to one side and seemed to stiffen the muscles of his ear as he listened intently that's the laura's whistle she's startin soon goin to see her off come along jacob wells pulled on his bearskin coat and mittens and they passed through the outer offices into the main store so large was it that the ten-score purchasers before the counters made no apparent crowd 
many were serious-faced and more than one looked darkly at the head of the company as he passed the clerks were selling everything except grub and it was grub that was in demand holding it for a rise famine prices a red-whiskered miner sneered jacob wells heard it but took no notice he expected to hear it many times and more unpleasantly ere the scare was over on the sidewalk he stopped to glance over the public bulletins posted against the side of the building dogs lost found and for sale occupied some space but the rest was devoted to notices of sales of outfits the timid were already growing frightened outfits of five hundred pounds were offering at a dollar a pound without flour others with flour at a dollar and a half jacob wells saw melton talking with an anxious-faced newcomer and the satisfaction displayed by the bonanza king told that he had succeeded in filling his winter's cash why don't you smell out the sugar dave jacob wells asked pointing to the bulletins dave harney looked his reproach maybe you think i ain't been smellin i've clean warm a dogs out chasing round from klondike city to the hospital can't get your fingers on it for love or money they walked down the block-long sidewalk past the warehouse doors and the long teams of waiting huskies curled up in wolfish comfort in the snow it was for this snow the first permanent one of the fall that the miners up creek had waited to begin their freighting curious ain't it dave hazarded suggestively as they crossed the main street to the river bank mighty curious me ownin two five hundred foot eldorado claims in a fraction worth five millions if i'm worth a cent and no sweetenin for my coffee or mush why gosh dang it this country can go to blazes i'll sell out i'll quit it cold i'll i'll go back to the states oh no you won't jacob wells answered i've heard you talk before you put in a year up stewart river on straight meat if i haven't forgotten and you ate salmon belly and dogs up the tanana to say nothing of going through two famines and you haven't turned your back on the country yet and you never will and you'll die here as sure as that's the lara's spring being hauled aboard and i look forward confidently to the day when i shall ship you out in a lead-lined box and burden the san francisco end with the trouble of winding up your estate you are a fixture and you know it as he talked he constantly acknowledged greetings from the passers-by those who knew him were mainly old-timers and he knew them all by name though there was scarcely a newcomer to whom his face was not familiar i'll just bet i'll be in paris in nineteen hundred the eldorado king protested feebly but jacob wells did not hear there was a jangling of gongs as mcgregor saluted him from the pilot-house and the lara slipped out from the bank the men on the shore filled the air with good luck farewells and last advice but the three hundred grubless ones turning their backs on the golden dream were moody and dispirited and made small response the lara backed out through a channel cut in the shore ice swung about in the current and with a final blast put on full steam ahead the crowd thinned away and went about its business leaving jacob wells the centre of a group of a dozen or so the talk was of the famine but it was the talk of men even dave harney forgot to curse the country for its sugar shortage and waxed facetious over the newcomers chicacos he called them having to recourse to the siwash tongue in the midst of his remarks his quick eye lighted on a black speck floating down with the mush ice of the river just look at that he cried 
a peterborough canoe running the ice twisting and turning now paddling now shoving clear of the floating cakes the two men in the canoe worked into the rim ice along the edge of which they drifted waiting for an opening opposite the channel cut out by the steamer they drove their paddles deep and darted into the calm dead water the waiting group received them with open arms helping them up the bank and carrying their shell after them in its bottom were two leather mail pouches a couple of blankets coffee pot and frying pan and a scant grub sack as for the men so frosted were they and so numb with the cold that they could hardly stand dave harney proposed whiskey and was for hailing them away at once but one delayed long enough to shake stiff hands with jacob wells she's coming he announced past her boat an hour back it ought to be round the bend any minute i've got dispatches for you but i'll see you later got to get something into me first turning to go with harney he stopped suddenly and pointed up the stream there she is now just coming out past the bluff run along boys and get your whiskey harney admonished him and his mate tell em it's on me double dose and just excuse me not drinking with you for i'm going to stay the klondike was throwing a thick flow of ice partly mush and partly solid and kept the boat out towards the middle of the yukon they could see the struggle plainly from the bank four men standing up and poling away through the jarring cakes a yukon stove aboard was sending up a trailing pillar of blue smoke and as the boat drew closer they could see a woman in the stern working the long steering sweep at sight of this there was a snap and sparkle in jacob wells's eyes it was the first omen and it was good he thought she was still a wells a struggler and a fighter the years of her culture had not weakened her though tasting the fruits of the first remove from the soil she was not afraid of the soil and she could return to it gleefully and naturally so he mused till the boat drove in ice rimmed and battered against the edge of the rim ice the one white man aboard sprang out painter in hand to slow it down and work into the channel but the rim ice was formed of the night and the front of it shelved off with him into the current the nose of the boat sheared out under the pressure of a heavy cake so that he came up at the stern the woman's arm flashed over the side to his collar and at the same instant sharp and authoritative her voice rang out to the indian oarsmen to back water still holding the man's head above water she threw her body against the sweep and guided the boat stern foremost into the opening a few more strokes and it grounded at the foot of the bank she passed the collar of the chattering man to dave harney who dragged him out and started him off on the trail of the mail carriers frona stood up her cheeks glowing from the quick work jacob wells hesitated though he stood within reach of the gunwale a gulf of three years was between the womanhood of twenty added unto the girl of seventeen made a sum more prodigious than he had imagined he did not know whether to bear hug the radiant young creature or to take her hand and help her ashore but there was no apparent hitch for she leaped beside him and was into his arms those above looked away to a man till the two came up the bank hand in hand gentlemen my daughter there was a great pride in his face frona embraced them all with a comrade's smile and each man felt that for an instant her eyes had looked straight into his End of chapter 6, read by Don W. Jenkins, Rancho San Diego, California, shaggybark.blogspot.com.